0: Hallelujah, Christ is risen. Amen. Our text for today is from our Gospel, John 16, verse 25. Jesus said, I have said these things to you in figures of speech, but the hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figures of speech, but I will tell you plainly about the Father. Thus far, our text. We live today as Christians in a Christian culture, if you will, within all the churches and denominations with a name it and claim it mentality. It's been beat into us over and over again. Ask whatever you want and I will give it to you, Jesus said. Whatever your little heart's desire, and if, and if by chance you're not getting it, well, you're doing something wrong. You're screwed up somewhere in your spiritual life or your physical walk. You just haven't done it right. But don't worry. We as a church are here to help you. We're going to give you a guide to how you can lead a holy and sanctified life. And Mr. Church President, oh, we're going to change all that here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we need to to offer more programs to help people walk the straight and narrow. And if we do that, and if we get people to start doing all the stuff they're supposed to be doing, then you know what will happen? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Jesus said, just ask and I'll give it to you. Did he not say that? He did. You heard that, right? Well, let me read it for you again. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. End quote. Oh. So ask. Get it all figured out. And boom. There you go. I don't know about you as a kid, but I would always try and find various ways to manipulate my parents. Don't tell them I told you that. And I would especially work hard at that task when Christmas was coming up or my birthday. I would plant subtle hints. Sometimes I would be bold and audacious. It just kind of depended on how the year was going to be truthful financially and otherwise, how much trouble perhaps I had gotten in, or maybe I'd just been a really good kid. And so I'd remind mom and dad, hey, look at my grade card, look at this award, look at how well I'm doing, you know, just to prep the soil a little bit. Because everybody wants to take care of someone that's working hard and doing well, right? I mean, it's America right? I'm sorry. It's Murica. You deserve it. So let's remind everybody what we deserve. And I apologize to my family because they've heard this story, but it fits right in with our text today. There's one thing I wanted one Christmas as a 13-year-old boy. Back in the 80s, after the swatch watches had gone their way, there was something called a fossil watch. They're still around. I wanted a fossil watch so bad. All my friends had them. And they had the nice little fossil box that the watch came in and they'd keep them in the locker at school and before gym class, they'd take off their nice watch and put it in their little box, you know, walking around the hallway so everybody could see what a nice watch they had. I mean, it's just what teenagers do, right? That's all I wanted, just one thing. And so I, I worked really hard at just making sure that they heard, my parents, that I just wanted one thing. Now they're smart people, they are. But when Christmas came, what do you think? Was there a fossil watch under the tree? no there was not now a child should say what if you don't get what you ask for from your parent? a child should say should say what okay mom and dad know best the other gifts they've decided to get me they're smarter than i am They'll take care of me. Or perhaps maybe they're saying I'm not going get, to get that gift right now. Maybe it's going it's to come down the road, right? But, but I'm going to trust and believe that my parents want the best for me, will give me their best, and so I'm, I'm going to be okay with that. Now, you think that's how this guy acted? I'd love to tell you that I took the high road, but I didn't. I threw a teenage temper tantrum, something kills me today just to think about it, how much of a little baby I acted, acted like a little baby I did. And you know what my mom did about a week after Christmas? She went out and bought me a fossil watch. And how do you think I felt about that gift after that? I think one, it's fair to say that I wore down. And I'm not sure that she really gave me the gift because she loved me as much as she just wanted me to shut up. I had that watch for a while. I was finally happy when it broke. You know why? Because every time I looked at that watch, I was reminded of my sin. I was reminded of how I had despised all the other gifts my parents had given me. I was ashamed at how I had guilted them into giving me something instead of just Trusting and believing the goodness of their heart. So how is it that you pray? How do you deal with your parents, your Father who is in heaven? We just sang what I would consider one of of Luther's greatest hymns. And yeah, we sang all nine stanzas, but you and, and I need them. If you noticed, it was pretty much the Lord's Prayer set to verse. Take that out from time to time in your hymnal. Read through that as you pray the Lord's Prayer. Think about each petition of why Jesus has given us these things. First, because He knows who and what we are. In our Gospel for today, Jesus confronts the apostles, and He is preparing them now for or what is to come. And he says, when that day comes, and John loves to use this language of in that day, that kind of forward-looking future tense, in that day, in that hour, and you can probably guess the day and the hour Jesus is speaking of, but we'll get to that in just a second. Jesus says, there will come a time where you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now you've asked nothing in my name, but ask and you will receive, that your joy may be full. Now the literal side of this, the name it and claim it side of us Christians, completely ignores the very next verse, which puts this whole discussion and argument to rest. Jesus says, I have said these things to you in figures of speech. Jesus is not being literal when he says to you, ask whatever you want, and God will give it to you. Or when he says, ask in my name, and you will receive. He's not being literal, he's being figurative. So forget about your fossil watches, forget about whatever literally you are working with right here in your head, and try and wrap your head and your spirit around what Jesus is getting at. You see, remember that good Marcus who didn't show up back at that 13-year-old Christmas? The good Marcus, the new Adam Marcus, should have said, it's okay. I didn't get what I asked for, but I got something else, and I'm thankful for that my parent loves me, they love me very much, and they're going to provide for me, and I'm simply going to trust that. You see, that's what simple faith does. Simple faith asks, and maybe even has literal requests, but simple faith, the new Adam in you, through the power of the Holy Spirit in your baptism, always says, it's all good, man. It's going to be okay. It's the old Marcus you got to watch out for. It's the old Adam that resides within you that wants to either name and claim it or, go back to our Old Testament for today, wants to be like these other believers who were rescued out of Egypt in a miraculous way. And what happened? They became impatient. They spoke against God and they spoke against those that God had given authority to in this life. They spoke against Moses. Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die in this wilderness? For there's no food and there's no water and and we loathe the food we have. (laughs) You see where this is going. Now when we start to act like that and we do still today, what do we deserve? We deserve punishment. We deserve God to literally rip away All of the good gifts he has given us. That's called discipline, folks. It's no different than a mom or dad taking away electronics for a day or the weekend. It's no different than a timeout. It's no different than a curfew and other such things. Does God still work in such a way? I think so but not in an eternal, eternal wrath or judgment sort of way. We know the wages of sin is death. We know that we screw up this side of heaven, that there are things that we're going to get that we deserve. Sometimes we'll fight that, but that's the truth. So the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people so that many people of Israel died. You see, death entered the world because of Sin. Death, cancer, whatever it is you're dealing with now is the result of the sin that we are all ultimately responsible for. And if you decide to make the stand that, oh, I didn't do that, I didn't cause that, well, good luck with that. Because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All must stand and give an account to the one eternal judge. That's part of why we have the reverence we do here in the divine service and at other times. So is there hope? Is there a future? Yes, there is. And that's what Jesus teaches His disciples and teaches you and me and what Luther taught us in this beautiful, beautiful hymn. The hour is coming, Jesus says, where I'm not going to speak in figures of speech, but but I'm going to tell you plainly. You see, that day has come. That day and that hour is when your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ spoke plainly seven statements, seven times from that cross as He hung there, bearing the wrath and the eternal punishment that you and I deserve. As His Father took all the times that you have neglected the gifts He's given, all the times that you've sought other gifts, all the times that you've thrown it back in His face that you didn't get what you want, all the times that you've tried to manipulate Him. Jesus hangs there bearing the punishment that you and I deserve. That we may be freed. That we may know what the Father's love really looks like instead of His wrath. That we may feel the Father's love instead of His eternal wrath. That we may be forgiven, that we may be set free to live in this life. That we may know that that we may talk with Him at any time directly to Him That we have access to the Father through the Son with whom you are linked and covered in baptism. By Him who feeds you and nourishes you for this journey. By Him who still comes here today and stands among you incarnationally, visibly present in the ways He says. It's true that not all Christians get this. Understand the whole word and sacrament thing. But that's what we're going to teach them, Mr. President. We're going to give them that law and that gospel and teach them God's word. And I pray that as you have opportunity, you will talk to your neighbors and your family members in such a way that you would hear these powerful and precious words of Christ, that you will take heart because he has overcome the world, that you will know that you won't be perfect at this. For even as Jesus predicted, his his own disciples... Abandon Him there at the cross. And you will fail. You'll never walk the perfect path. You're going to screw up in some way, shape, or form. But that's why your Lord is there. That with the people of Israel you may repent. We have sinned, we may say. For we've spoken against the Lord and against you. And the Lord now sets His Son before you. you may look to him and live that your joy may be full. Alleluia Christ is risen. risen Amen. Amen.